You're listening to the St. John's Diamond Creek Podcast. This episode presented by Life Groups Minister, Del Matthews. The Bible reading comes from Paul's letter to the Colossians, chapter 1, verses 9 to 14. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And when I get up to speak to you, I, I would give you a greeting, something like, good day, my name's Del Matthews, I'm the Life Groups Minister. But as I've been out and about in Diamond Creek, I'm hearing a different kind of a greeting that I'd like to try with you this, today. How about this? How's your day been so far? Well, how's it been? If you're watching this service in the morning, uh, you're probably like me, you've been operating on uh, automatic pilot up until this point, until you turned on the television or the your, your computer. So you probably can't even remember what's happened up until this part of the day. Uh, most of our day is filled with fairly mundane routine things that we have to do. Can you even remember it? Well, we've come together to worship God today and we trust that he is with us and that this is a sacred time and a sacred space in our day. But does that mean that God is only interested in this time now and only and not interested in the mundane routine of our day that happened up until this point? The problem is that we're not interested in the mundane part of our lives. Alfred Hitchcock once said that movies are life without the dull bits, and we sometimes just want a life without the dull bits. Well, our passage today urges us to live in, uh, lives our lives in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. When we read passages like that, it's easy to think that it applies to parts of our lives without the dull bits. But of course, it applies to our whole life, even the mundane bits of our day. And those mundane bits take up a lot of our day. We live pretty ordinary lives, really, not many of us get to make a major impact on this world of ours. And even those who do had to get up this morning and clean their teeth. Uh, they had to get put their clothes on the, for the day and they had to do something about that messy hair after a night's sleep. Jesus was fully God, but he was fully human. 
the Bible tells the story of Jesus with most of the dull bits cut out. But Jesus' life did include the dull bits too. We catch glimpses of them. Jesus ate and slept. He walked long distances between villages. He cooked breakfast for his disciples while they went fishing. Jesus lived the life of an ordinary human being, just like we do, full of dull bits. And God is interested in the mundane parts of our lives, interested enough to send his son to live them with us. The mundane parts of our lives are opportunities for us to worship God. And I've been thinking about that. How can I live my life worthy of the Lord in the dull bits? Now, we all know that some of our habits in our lives are not good. And there are some routines that probably need to be retired. But a lot of the routines are fairly neutral in nature, like cleaning your teeth. Are there some that we could tweak to, uh, to be able to grow in our knowledge and love of God? And then there are some routines that intentionally focus on our relationship with God, like reading the Bible. How might we evaluate our routines? When Jesus was asked what the greatest was the greatest commandment, basically what was essential for living a life pleasing to God, he said firstly that we need to love God with all our heart, soul and mind. And secondly, we need to love our neighbour as ourselves. I think Jesus has given us some good criteria for evaluating our routines. We can ask ourselves, does this mundane routine of mine express my love for God and or does it serve others and allow me to show my love to them? Now, if the answer is no to both or worse still, it works against me loving God and my neighbour, then it's probably time to ask whether the routine needs to be ditched or changed completely. But if the answer is maybe, then we can ask ourselves whether the routine could be enhanced as a means of worshipping God. It's our actions, our routines, that both shape and reflect what we actually love, not the knowledge we profess. If we have knowledge of God and profess that we love our neighbours love and love God, do our actions in the mundane routines of our lives show that? Now, we all know the experience of holding a value or a belief or knowing what's right, but our actions just not living up to them, to what we really profess to love. Last week, we spoke about the environment and a Christian's view to that. Now, it's been a while since most of us have known that plastics are polluting our environment and accumulating in our oceans. But how long has it taken to get into the new habit of taking your reusable bag to the supermarket and that keep cup to get your takeaway coffee? Now, remembering the reusable bag got a bit of a boost when the government banned single-use bags. But what about that keep cup? Even though we profess to love God's creation and we know that single-use uh, coffee cups can't be recycled, our actions show that we really love convenience and easy consumerism. Well, we're all a work in progress and the dull bits take up a lot of our lives. What I thought I'd do today is to share some examples of trying to live the dull bits, being intentionally aware of God's presence, pleasing Him. Now, I'm not going to talk about work. Tim did that for us a few weeks ago. 
And I'm not going to talk about habits like prayer and Bible reading. Of course, they are really important, but we can save that for another time. And I'm not going to talk about the importance of rest and leisure. Today, I just want to focus on the mundane routines of our lives. I want to talk about some ways we can change our routines to bring God into focus. Let me start at the beginning of the day, any day, like today, this morning. When you wake up, what's the first thing you think about or the first thing you do? How does that first thought or action shape the rest of your day? Does your mind immediately go to the worries that you left off the night before? Or start to run through the things you need to do for the day? Or do you first reach for the phone or some other device to see what messages have come in overnight and what's popped up on social media? Mostly our first thought and our first activity of the day centres around us, not God. Mostly it has become a habit. We do it every day. Now I felt challenged on this one a while ago and I've been working on the habit of making my first thought to include God because my old habit revealed my first love was having control over my day and having a really comfortable life. Now, my new habit is pretty simple because I can't manage long and fancy prayers or or liturgy when I first surface in the morning. And I got this idea from YouTube, so I'm not saying media is all bad. When I first wake up, I simply say, good morning, Lord. Then it's off to the bathroom and the rest of what it takes to fully wake up. Now, that simple act of saying good morning to God is gradually changing my focus for the day from what I will do and my control to my relationship to God and what pleases Him. It's slowly helping me to love God, not myself, from the very beginning of the day. One way of worshipping God in the mundane then is to acknowledge His presence, to invite Him into our routines, even the routine of waking up in the morning. Now, talking of the bathroom, There's the morning shower, the toilet, brushing teeth, not bad habits. But how can we express our love of God and neighbour in the bathroom routine? Now, maybe it's obvious that coming together with other people, sitting next to the person you're with today, um, it's it's quite loving to be all clean and spruced up and not smelling, you know. Um, But what about God? In the bathroom? We can remind ourselves that our body has been created by God. It's the temple of the Holy Spirit. In the bathroom, I'm reminded to take care of the body that God made and gave me and to be thankful for his amazing creation. Taking care of our bodies is a way of showing our love to God, just as taking care of any part of his creation is a way of loving God. Now, sometimes elements of a routine can remind us of Scripture, We're not perfect perfect, uh, beings that he created. The water of the shower can remind us of the promise that he cleanses us from sin, that we're forgiven all sin that has damaged us and been made white as snow. Now, being a Christian doesn't guarantee that the shower is a sanctified experience. We need spiritual wisdom and understanding to know when our attitude is not pleasing to God. When we worship the body rather than the creator or resent his creation and the way he has made us. 
We love God by using that routine as a trigger to remind ourselves of God's character and his work. And we love God by taking care of what he's made. Our mundane routines can trigger us to meditate on the word of God and notice parts of our lives that God wants to heal and to make more like Christ. For most of us, the morning routine says is heading out to the kitchen for breakfast. Now, breakfast is probably the most mundane mundane meal of the day. At least it is for me. Many of us eat the same thing every day, and there are a few breakfasts that are memorable. If they are, it's usually not because of what was on the menu. Now, we're all in the habit of eating when we're hungry. Jesus was too. But he was also in the habit of giving thanks to God before a meal. That's a simple and easy tweak to a meal routine. And many of us have been used to doing it as a family. It's a really simple way of reminding ourselves that God loves us and provides for us. Even the mundane cereal and toast that I need to get through the day. It's a way of saying we love him for that. It's our habit of showing genuine thanks that trains our children in thankfulness and acknowledging God's provision for that. Thankfulness can be added to a lot more of our mundane routines. You know, as I hang out the washing, there's lots to be thankful for. Clothes to wear, sunshine to dry them, and that lovely fresh smell when the clothes are dry, for that lost sock that finally turned up, or the flower I notice that's just popping out now. The list goes on. Giving thanks to God through the mundane routines of life is worship. Our habits can shape us for worship together. Do we come to church or do we come together with hearts thankful to God or with a critical attitude? There are many habits that can influence our attitude to worship together. Let me give you an example. I had developed the habit of just turning on the TV for company in the evening um, or when on the weekend, even when there was not really anything I wanted to watch. I noticed that I was turning into a passive consumer, loving media and entertainment. It was becoming all too easy to keep that habit up on a Sunday and be a passive consumer of the service rather than an active worshipper, loving God first. Our habits, the dull bits of our lives, can and do impact our worship as individuals. And as we come together each Sunday, they do impact our love for God. Our daily habits, the dull bits in our lives, also shape our love for other people. We can show our love directly, and many of us, you did that over breakfast this morning. We show our love by purchasing food that our family loves, and we also show our love by purchasing food that's good for them. We can show our love indirectly by making sure that our food choices and waste don't don't mean that others go without. But more importantly, the good attitudes and the fruit of the Spirit that grow in our lives through the little routines at home spill out to all our relationships at work, school and in the community. Now, I worked for many years at a Bible college and back in the days when it was a residential college, students were not allowed to ask for something to be passed at the meal table. They were trained in the habit of noticing the needs of others at the table rather than their own needs. They expressed their love for their table neighbour by passing the porridge or the fruit or whatever they saw was needed. 
Now, it's not just a quaint old Bible college rule. It was the habit that trained students in seeing the needs of others and expressing their love for others that carried over into the rest of their lives. The mundane routines can be a time God wants to work on the unpleasant bits of our lives if we're open to it. Our habits and our attitudes that are not so loving to our neighbours. We're often reluctant to see or to admit our lack of fruit in the spirit in our daily routines. We just let our brains take on their usual semi-active state and we get through our routines without really examining what may or may not be showing love to others. Take the daily commute, even the short distance from home to church. It's an area of my life that God knows there's a lot of work to be done. In the short distance between Phipps Crescent and church, the church car park, I can be impatient with the traffic lights, the the traffic, uh, the railway crossing. I can be judgmental of other drivers. I can blame my lateness on other people, on other things, instead of admitting that I was late at leaving home. The list goes on. Most of the dull bits in our lives are built around routines and habits that have been entrenched over a lifetime. God can use them to reveal areas of our lives that he wants us to grow in. Some are better off being ditched altogether, but most can be enhanced as we love God and others around us. But it's not easy to change. It is never easy to introduce a new habit and it feels almost impossible to change an old one. In many areas of our lives, we just don't want to change. The habits we have established are satisfying a craving in our lives, and we feel vulnerable just thinking about change. We might have tried to change some habits before, but failed, failed to make them stick even. Is it even possible to change? Now, Paul knew the struggle we have. In Romans 7, he complained that when he wanted to do good, evil was right there with him. Paul knew that it took the work of Jesus Christ to rescue us from what feels like an impossible struggle. Let's get practical. Yes, some people experience a dramatic change overnight in their lives, but when they first come to Christ, but for the majority of us, It is a lifetime of cooperation with the Spirit's work in our lives, making us more like Christ. Sin is tangled up in all our routines. Sometimes that's more obvious than others. But Jesus Christ has come to rescue us from all our sin. He died and rose to break the power of sin that's entangled in our routines. God is at work in our lives to change our wills and our actions, but we're also urged to work or to live out that salvation in our lives. It's a cooperative effort with God. God for forgiving us and supplying the power and us the discipline day to day. We need to do our bit, living out his work in our day to day routines. I think the first step is prayer. Prayer for ourselves and prayer for each other. We need to acknowledge our total dependency on Jesus if change is to happen. Prayer for a willingness to change our faulty routines to live lives fully pleasing to God. We need knowledge of what God's will is for the dull bits of our days. 
Um, since most of us get through the, uh, the mundane bits of the day without much thought, we need God's wisdom and understanding to see them for what's really going on. And what are the real loves of our heart? Now, science is now able to tell us quite a bit more about what's going on in our brain and our bodies during the mundane routines of our lives. And there's plenty of good books out there on changing habits. We know that habits and routines are triggered by cues, you know, positively, like sitting down to a meal being the cue to give thanks to God, or negatively, in my case, coming home at the end of the day was the cue to turn on the TV, no matter what was showing. God can help us identify the cues in our lives. Some cues can be removed from our lives, but most will still be there. Cues trigger a routine that can bring about, that brings about a reward. And that reward is usually a way of satisfying a deeper craving or a love in our lives. God can help us identify the rewards and the deep loves in our lives too. Sometimes a routine needs to be changed. Like in my case, the first thing I say in the morning is, good morning, Lord. Or perhaps for others, it would be removing the phone from the bedroom. The best part of the day, though, the best part, though, is that Jesus has, Jesus has redeemed us from the cravings and the loves that get in the way of us loving God. Sometimes he changes that craving first and sometimes he uses the change of routine to gradually change what we love and crave. Sticking to a new routine or changing an old one takes a lot of work until they become part of us. It means paying attention to a routine when we would otherwise get through it without much thought. There will be days when we fail and resort to old habits in our own strength again. We can pray that we might be strengthened by the power of God in this area of our lives. Patience and endurance take time to develop. God is interested in the mundane, the dull bits of our lives. There are ways we can change to make the, the mundane bits less about ourselves and more about showing our love to him and to others. God wants us to live a life fully worthy of him in every area of our lives. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search for St. John's Diamond Creek.